now coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with some wonderful co-hosts. We've got the one, the only, fluffiest whimsicott. Hi, everybody. And we've got the wonderful, as always, Linian. Hello. And we're here to talk to you about Pokemon Puckle, of course, standing for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name we came up with in 2007, where we talk everything Pokemon, from the trading card game to the video game to everything in between. It's just been, uh, it's been a good day. You guys been uh, up to anything fun recently? It's been a while. I guess you guys were on the show when I wasn't on the show. But <laughs> Yeah, we were. <laughs> I was, at least. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't there. I, I wasn't there the last time. Yeah. Mm, well, let's see. What what did I do lately? I have played a lot of Breath of the Wild Ah. for, for some reason. You're not the only one. So my, okay, so my D&D group, there's a bunch of us. Mm-hmm. That's how you play D&D, yes. So they got somebody in uh, at work, because I, I play D&D with a bunch of guys at work, and they convinced somebody else that we work with that they should play Breath of the Wild because we found out they had a Switch. And okay. then they convinced my wife to start playing with them. So they just like all started this like different text group without me. <laughs> and they just started playing Breath of the Wild all over wow. again. Like all of them. They should add you to that text group. That's what we need. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. And then besides that, I don't know, I became very old <laughs> and I played Breath of the Wild. That's pretty much it. I haven't really done much in Pokemon lately. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, I guess at this time I would usually like be breeding for some competitive Pokemon, but yeah. I'm, I'm not really feeling it this time around, so I don't know what I'm going to do about that. I don't entirely disagree. It feels a little weird right now. Mm-hmm. But I've been getting into VGC. The only thing that feels bad is like we I was getting into it, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I guess it's just because I'm so used to Sword and Shield cycle where we got stuck in the same format for so long. Yeah. Where we had the same format constantly and constantly. I we like I'm playing in the new for, I'm playing in the new format and I'm having fun and I'm figuring it out. But then I was then they announced next month they're just gonna change it. Mm. And they did this during Sword and Shield. Uh, but at the yeah. time, I was very apathetic, and I didn't want to try. And yeah. now I'm sitting here, I'm just like, two months? That's all you gave us? <laughs> like, that's not enough time. What What were they changing? Because I did not see this, because I haven't oh. been watching anything with the competitive. So so there's a difference between a series and a season. The seasons are happening right now, uh, ah. or the series is happening right now. We're in series two, but we're in season one, or vice versa, one of the two. Uh, but either way, so they're switching. So every month, the ladder resets on the, on the cartridge. And then when you go to... When you go to play next month, it's a different rule set, and they're letting Paradox mm-hmm. Pokemon come in. Oh... I see. They wanted those to be officially revealed, so they were yes. waiting for... Uh, they did something similar in Sword and Shield as well, where they cut out like certain Pokemon that weren't allowed to be in the season, and yeah. it's, uh, it's... I don't know. It's very frustrating because you're doing it. I understand that like maybe they wanted them to be revealed so that people weren't seeing them, but the same thing was happening anyway. People were practicing with Paradox Pokemon in. They, the 
treasures of ruin are mm-hmm. still not allowed in. Maybe next time? Probably the next time. Mm. Those aren't allowed in quite yet, but I think those will be bad for the meta anyway. I think I think it, the Paradox Pokemon are going to shake everything up too, and I'm not mm. excited for it. Because actually, like, uh, San Diego Regionals happened last week, and so we got a lot of winners out of that. And there were a lot of interesting teams. Like, I was really surprised. I mean, I think mm. we're going to talk about the winner for Poke of the Episode this week, but... the. Because, like, there was one strategy that was really dominating that people were playing, which was the Dondozo Tatsugiri strat. And I think Ta- Dondozo mm-hmm. Tatsugiri made, like, second place or something. But out of, like, the top ten, I think there were only, like, one or two Dondozo Tatsugiri teams. And it was insane. I think by this time, it's like everyone was bringing a counter to that. And the counter yeah. to that is honestly often just a Markro, which is pretty easy to bring. Murkrow didn't break top 16. Okay, so they must have found a better counter. <laughs> or alternatively, the Murkrow in the midfield just oppressed out the Tatsugiri from top tables. Yeah. Something, I don't know. It was very interesting to see, though. The The only thing that's, like, super common in the top 16 is, like, Golden Go. And well, that's it. yeah. And that's it. That's that's still a little, you know, it's it's good. I, I don't know how I feel about Golden Go. Yeah. I, I do. I love him, and I will fight you on this mountain. <laughs> you, you can. You can definitely do that. So the Pokemon that surprised me the most that made it in San Diego is actually Tauros. Oh. Paul, yeah, Paul D and Tauros, like, just came in and was there a lot. I mean, it's got Intimidate, it breaks screens. Uh, yeah, it's it's your budget Incineroar. It's fine. Yeah, I guess. Because it was mostly Blazebreed that was doing well, wasn't it? Uh, no, uh, actually, it was a healthy mixture of all of them. Mm. Huh. Aqua Breed is actually the one that won. I think there's only like one Blazebreed in the top 16, but like Aqua Breed, I think, did the heavy lifting. Hmm. Huh. Good. It was Aqua cool. Breed. Yeah. Now we have a different, uh, a different, oh, this one is a fighting type. I was going to say not fighting type Intimidate Mon. We do. Well, I mean, I mean, Incineroar wasn't a fighting type. <laughs> it was dressed like one. Yeah. But <laughs> fighting type cosplay. I'm actually mm-hmm. really excited for this because, I mean, I... So, one, I, I anticipated... I anticipated Arcanine to be the Intimidate Mon of choice. But this is actually really cool. I'm very excited about it. I like mm. it. <laughs> well, there was a lot of, like, water running around. Yeah. And you would think, well, there's also a lot of steel running around, so you, you will still want a fire type. But what happens is that your dragons terrestrialize into the fire type, and you don't need a fire type anymore. That's true. Or or ground coverage exists. Mm, yeah, that too, but... And ground, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, it's very exciting, though. Very exciting. What about you, Lenny? Do you do anything cool? Fun? Uh, Cool? No. Um... Really, what I've been doing uh, here and there is just been doing the sandwich shiny hunting. Uh, mm-hmm. I've similarly just not felt. I just think I think it's not even like this game's meta is less interesting or anything like that. I think it's just that uh, I've realized I'm just gonna stop lying to myself that I will <laughs> get into competitive. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I've bred a couple of raid mons, and um, I think raids are the healthiest way to breed competitive mm-hmm. Pokemon. Yeah, in general, actually. like I think, I think it's honestly one of like these raids specifically have been the best thing. <laughs> yeah, those were actually interesting. Like I did like prep a couple of months specifically exactly. so that I could catch the Charizard and the Cinderace, and the Cinderace exactly. was hard. 
I was yeah. very satisfied when I caught it. Yeah. So yeah, just kind of been doing that as far as Pokemon things go. I went to League this week and I got uh, I got bonked pretty hard because I was just bringing anti-meta decks for funsies. Because mm. uh, I was tired of running meta from when I, when I was prepping for uh, regionals. And then I also, I played VGC on stream this week. That was fun. Mm-hmm. I, I walked people through like my process of like trying to figure things out and uh, people have really enjoyed that. So we're probably gonna do that again this week. Awesome. I'm excited for that. In in non-Pokemon stuff, I got a new 3D printer. Oh. I'm going to get in so much trouble. I'm pretty sure my wife's going to get mad at me. <laughs> I ha- This is like my fifth 3D printer. Oh, no. Wow. Currently in wow. the house. Currently, in the, f- the fifth that's in the house. This is probably the sixth one I've gotten overall. Uh, to be fair, I did not pay for this printer. I paid okay. for it. In- I paid for it in friendship. Mm. So a friend of mine was like moving out of town and he couldn't take it with him because it's pretty big. And mm-hmm. he just goes, how about, I'm just going to give it to you <laughs> because I know you'll use it. And nice. the answer is correct. He, he's correct. But uh, <laughs> I, I've been futzing with that. Pretty much after we record this, I'm going to go keep futzing with it because I couldn't get it to, I couldn't get to print yet. I couldn't get the stuff mm. to stick. So I got to wait. Okay. I got to keep fut- futzing with it until I get it to work. But this thing's giant. I think it's like the largest uh, consumer level printer you can buy. Oh, wow. For, for resin 3D printing. Yeah. It's got lights on the inside. It's pretty cool. <laughs> wow i'm a giant nerd uh but it makes my D games that much more interesting yeah what, at what point thatch can you 3d print a 3d printer uh somebody tried to do that actually not too long ago i, I imagine they need to be machined more precisely than a 3d printer can uh okay so honestly 3d printers are actually really easy like conceptually to build and like the parts in them aren't that fine huh so it's actually not that hard um, the, I wouldn't do with the ones that I have. I will, one of them I have, you could probably try. Cause like there, mm. there's two different, there's like in the consumer 3D printing space, there's like two different types of 3D printers. There's, uh, there's the resin based printers, which is what I mostly have. Like that's four of the five printers I have, mm-hmm. which I use to, uh, print like D and D minis mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and some D and D terrain, but they're, the problem is they like have small build areas. So you can only print things that are so big. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is what this giant one should, uh, kind of help, uh, help fix. But, but you usually wanted to use like a, a filament based printer, which you can buy pretty cheap now, actually. I think like 150 bucks at, you could probably buy one of these and you can like, it just essentially melts plastic and like builds up. Mm-hmm. Those are typically more structurally sound than, than resin. People have tried that. Oh yeah. This is just a, this is a glimpse into other things Thatch does on, on his off time mm-hmm. when he's not on the show. Welcome to Puckle, the Printers Underground Champions League. The Printers Underground Champions League. (laughs) Today we're going to talk to you about the Elegoo Jupiter and why it's being a butt. But yeah, that's uh, this sounds like a good place to stop. And we're going to go kick it on over, though, to the news. So let's cue that epic music. Welcome to the news. We've got a few things to talk about. Actually, a lot. This is like a really lengthy. I assume most of it's small, but I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, We just got some information recently that Scarlet and Violet has already outsold the Sword and Shield physical sales, passing 4.5 million copies in Japan, by the way. This is in Japan. Wow. Uh, 
which is kind of insane. Like this is this is three years of physical sales that it's outpassed. That's outpaced. insane. <laughs> if the game if the game could run smoothly, I would agree with this for being the case. <laughs> I would agree with it. That's that's just how I feel. That's just how I, like if it could just if it ran smoothly, I'd be there for it. I I also think since Scar- Sword and Shield came out, there are way more switches on the market as well. So I think that's something to consider to some extent. Yeah, fair. Um, it is also kind of counterintuitive because usually the second game on a system for Pokemon games, by the way, uh, usually mm-hmm. don't sell like they usually don't like break numbers. Like Sun and Moon didn't break numbers like crazy. I think they sold a little bit more than X and Y, mm-hmm. but not a crazy amount more. Uh, so this is kind of like semi unprecedented, but there's just been a lot of hype for a good Pokemon game, and I think this is a good Pokemon game. I just yeah. wish it ran better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes to both of those things, but yes. the next piece of news is that the version 1.2 for Scarlet and Violet is set to release on late February, and it will include bug fixes and added functionality, which... I wonder, what is well, added functionality? That was the thing that I was confused most about. That's weird, I don't know. because uh, I think we know that the home compatibility is going to come in the spring which is not yes. late february do we know it's going in the spring i think i heard something about that i if did I'm not wrong, hear anything about that if i'm wrong then this could be just you know home compatibility so like semi traditionally well, would be a home update uh hmm. yes uh yeah they they might just be like lumping that into we're going to do this on the same day type deal because you do, you typically when there's a home update, you do have to update the game that it's connecting to as well. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Um, I, I mean, February is also typically the time where we do get home up compatibility. The only time that hasn't been true is with the case of BDSP. Yeah. And I, that sounds like based on all of the rumors and people who know more about coding than I do for various reasons mm-hmm. that I would hope they have worked out by now. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if February we got home, but I was wondering, I'm wondering if they're adding something else. Like we get like a free update on top of DLC or something like that. Or this could be something else that's entirely kind of like tangential. Like it's like, ah, yes. Uh, let's say, let's pretend that we don't know this, uh, Pokemon that are in the the database that are in home. Hey, now you can evolve your Ursa ring. All of these Mm. items are going to be added to a little market where you can go and bid on them it's like okay technically it oh, is new functionality no so actually those are already in the game uh so those are in the game code yeah exactly so just letting you go and get them would be new functionality yeah peep block is already in the game uh so is augurite stuff like that it's all there it um i yeah i it made me very it made me very happy to learn how they were adding in those pokemon because one they didn't like lock them out mm-hmm. which is kind of cool that just the way they did it was um, they found a way to make put them in the game, but also require you to buy the other game or connect with the other game, um, which is both a little dirty but also kind of cool. And <laughs> like uh, my favorite, being honest about it, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the the one that makes me that that's the most interesting to me is Stantler because Stantler is in Scarlet and Violet, but it can't evolve into Weird Deer because it can't learn Side Shield Bash right now. Mm-hmm. However, Side Shield Bash is programmed into the game, because, which everybody would assume because Weirdier can come over. But you can, uh, it turns out Side Shield Bash is an egg move for Stantler. Oh. 
This is it, so convoluted. It's an egg move for Stantler. So once you get a weird deer or another Stantler that knows Psy Shield Bash, you can teach it to a Stantler. That's that's cute. Yeah, which I think is very cute. Uh, it's very cute. Uh, a little scummy, but it's very cute. <laughs> like the 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 old timey Stantler slash weirdier is sharing the secret lore. Exactly. Hey, a kid, let me show you a real humdinger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who are you? I'm your grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very cute. I really like it. Um, in that sense, in terms of lore, I'm like, this is cool. This is very mm-hmm. cool. Uh, in terms of you have to buy PLA or connect with PLA to have this, I feel a little dirty. But uh, it, <laughs> otherwise, it's cool. Because I, I, my genuine worry was they're going to make it so that these are uh, that evolutions are just going to be game exclusive, which was a mm-hmm. genuine concern I had. Um, like I was, I was worried about Frigorath's existence. Yeah, you know, uh, because it's a cool Pokemon. And I mean, I, I didn't want to lose it. Th- there are a few things that like are technically quite locked behind stuff like so a friend of mine really loves raichu it's like Mm -hmm. their favorite pokemon and so i felt like shiny hunting one evening and i was like hey i'm gonna catch them a shiny pichu Mm -hmm. and i did but i did it in bdsp so i gave them the pikachu the pichu but they can't evolve it into an alolan raichu which is what they wanted Because yeah. there is no way to evolve into an Alolan Raichu in Gen 8. That's kind of a problem that I think they're kind they're trying to fix or remedy to some extent, which I really appreciate. Um, like the, 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 the one, level. yeah, w- with well, not just with the with just like regional forms in general, because so far they haven't shown us that if you send a Pokemon to Scarlet and Violet, that you can't send it back to Sword and Shield if it's in Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that backwards compatibility is going to exist with the way that yeah, they're handling and transfers, and which I think is a very cool way to get around it. Like you could send, I don't know, what, what's a Pokemon that's got a, a like Mime Junior, right? Mm-hmm. Let's 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 pretend Mime Junior is available in Scarlet and Violet, which it's not. But you could technically catch your Mime Junior there, send it to home, send it to Scar or Sword and Shield, and then evolve it into a Galarian Mister Mime. Yeah, I guess. You still can't do that with the uh, with the Pichu into an Alolan Raichu. Uh, no, you can't. No, no. I I assume that at some point we will get a proper fix for that, which which is going to be real relevant because there are a thousand and eight Pokemon. There's a thousand and eight Pokemon, and there was a video about that. Right. <laughs> My favorite thing that came out of the community about this is a little facetious about that video because somebody grabbed a screenshot of it and it was of Minior. And they go, uh-huh. this, this screenshot's the last time you could catch a Minior. And I was just like, Yes, oh, thank you, hurt me more. Oh. <laughs> oh and one, I, th- I, thought of both, I thought of both of you. And, then yeah. I, and, and I was just like, I'm like, but that's true, though. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, after that video, though, we did get some other stuff. We got official artwork for the remaining gym leaders and Team Star, as well as all of the remaining Pokemon. So uh, if you have anything, like, I don't know, a massive... PD, uh, PTU Dex needs to have all its images replaced because now we've got good quality art. Uh, yeah, that's good for you. <laughs> uh, and Bulbapedia. Uh, they also announced the next seven star Terror Raid is going to be a poison uh, poison Terra type, uh, and it's going to run January twenty seventh to the thirtieth and February tenth to the thirteenth. They also did not reveal who it is going to be yet. Hmm. Yep, speculation is Greninja, but I don't know that I believe that quite yet. I, I don't know. If you, if I, I believe it, if only because it's like, what were the, the last two? 
the two really pushed starters of their generation. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. true. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. That would Greninja make would sense. go over really well, though. Greninja would go over like super oh, yes. well. Yes, I want one. I want one. Like uh, Greninja, <laughs> Greninja for a little bit was like the Pokemon. Like I, because everybody knows, like I have like a Gen two thing, right? And mm-hmm. I really like Gen 2 Pokemon, but Greninja, when it came out, was probably one of the Pokemon that made me reconsider, like, this is probably my favorite Pokemon now. And, uh, I, like, I thought about that with Greninja, and I'm like, this might be my favorite Pokemon. And yeah. then everybody liked it, and it kind of became Charizard, so now I don't. It's yeah. the number, it's the yeah. second favorite, it's the second uh, most common favorite Pokemon in Japan. I, I was that. very confused why it wasn't in uh, Gen 8. Because it's very complicated because Ashgrenin is part of that. And so they just said, hey, that doesn't exist anymore. Goodbye. Yeah, I'm okay with Which that. Which is though. fine. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. I'm, Same. I'm not complaining. It was always weird having something from yeah. the anime in the game. Especially because Ash is dead now. So. <laughs> God. Oh. Okay. <laughs> moving on. But that's for the topic. Yeah, moving, moving on. on uh, there's also going to be a Valentine's Day raid event. From February the 13th to the 15th, and it's going to feature fairy-type Tandemouse. That's cute. Very. Such a good call. Yeah. That's so cute. Adorable. Like the Tandemouse with a big heart over their head. Yes. Nice. Yeah, it's it's so good, it's almost hurts. Speaking of hurts, uh, Pokemon Home Mobile will receive an update in early February that will allow access to Battle Stadium data, so you can look at your lose streak on the go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Yeah, uh, Pokemon Home is has such the potential to just let you go ahead and battle on the go, and it won't let you. And I understand why to some extent, but I really wish it would. Yeah, I mean, do you imagine showing up and then just being like, "Hey, I think that you and I should have like some sort of Pokemon showdown as we battle each Stop. other." <laughs> um, but also, I just I don't understand this one too much. It's like, hey, the only context I can imagine wanting to look at that online is trying to brag about how good you are at Pokemon somewhere, which is about as sad as having to remind people that technically you want to. Like, it's it's just not. Yeah, it's not a good look. <laughs> You're not wrong. All right. So Pokemon Go. Uh, OK, so I'm going to just blow through all of this. Uh February 5th, Community Day has been announced as Noibat that will get Boom Burst. That's actually kind of big. Uh, the Lunar New Year event runs through the 19th and the 23rd as they clearly wish they had added Score Bunny to the game with increased spawns <laughs> of Bunnery, Bunnelby, and a selection of Fire-type Pokemon. And Darumaka has heightened Shiny Chance, and there, there's a there's a choose-your-own-adventure time to reset. Mm-hmm. Sure. Darumaka, the mm-hmm. best rabbit. Yes. <laughs> Reminder, uh, Larvitar rerun is this upcoming Saturday. Cool. Yay, okay. yay, new things. Yay, TCG news. With the release of Crown Zenith, a new TCG Live Battle Pass starts at the end of the week. And you can get a new deck and you can play a few dailies because it will allow you to collect the individual cards that are early in the Battle Pass. I have no idea what any of that means, but I trust the person who wrote this new segment. Uh, TCG Live um, <laughs> did the cool so there's a lot of problems between TCG Live and PTCGO um, mm-hmm. but one of the good things that TCG Live does is if you're a new player if you log in you, they give you a deck okay like a competitive-ish deck um, it needs a couple more cards to, 
to become like full competitive, but they'll give those to you if you keep playing and you level up your battle pass. Um, you unlock extra cards that are good in that deck and will help you actually make a fairly competitive deck. Like the list might be a couple cards off of what you might see top or regional. Okay. Well, um, apparently so it, you get free really Lugias. So uh, if you sign up now, you should do that. Yeah, if you Lugias. sign up now, so yeah, you should do it. Absolutely. Uh, and the last piece is for you, Linian. Yeah, Scarlet Violet product is now available to pre-order from Pokemon Center, and orders will get a Lechonk card from, Pokemon from the set with the Pokemon Center stamp. It's a stamp promo. Uh, I was looking over the cards last night, and they are definitely cards. I'm actually really excited. <laughs> Scarlet Violet's going to be really fun. I just yeah. There's nothing that I looked at and was like, oh yeah, that's good. Gardevoir. It's like on. That's about it. Gardevoir. Gardevoir is going to be really good. I think I specifically asked Seth, because I'm like, maybe I'm just misreading this, and a lot of these cards are just better than they look. I was like, are there any good non-Gardevoir cards? And he went, kind of. <laughs> he kind of, yeah. Electric might be okay. Yeah, yeah, that was his response. Well, electric might be okay. <laughs> like, it's, it's going to be fine. Uh, all right, so we'll end this with Huckle's Pokey Prediction. After the seven-star Poison ra- Raids, the following seven-star would overrun Pokemon Day Weekend. Who do you think will be there since they've already used up their Charizard? I think I know this. What What do you... Mm. Oh, tell me. Tell me. Uh, the hat Pikachus. It's both a Ooh. Pokemon Day thing and a goodbye to Ash. Yeah, you're not wrong. I Part of it's me just goes, exciting, man... It's not exciting, but I think, I think that's going to be it. Part of, me, part of me is like, maybe this update that we're getting in 1.2 will also add Venusaur and Blastoise. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I win. <laughs> Uh, this, it's not going to happen, but that's like what Thatch wants because the fact that Venusaur and Blastoise aren't present is a travesty. I, and honestly, if they're not put in before home releases, I imagine that people will actually understand what's going on and get a little upset. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, if I had to guess, I'm going to say that it's going to be a Gen 8 Pokemon, a Gen, sorry, Gen 9 Pokemon that uh, they're like, this Pokemon is a little special. And it's like, huh, I wonder what that is. And then the DLC will reveal it has either like a branching or something. Like when we got mm. the Slowpoke. I could like, see that. Oh, you're eventually going to be interesting. But right now you're just kind of not. The Slowpoke was really cool. I feel like Sword and Shield was. was a lot of watered down ideas that needed to be fleshed out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And a lot of really good under under executed. Yes, that's exactly how I describe most of Sword and Shield. And I think they're doing a much better job now. And I hope that they would do something like that because they obviously set up DLC like really hardcore in Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. And I I think that or at least a continuation of the game, something, whether that's an update or that's just something else. Um, I, I mean, say, I'll pay DLC. Give me the DLC, bro. Because we're not talking because DLC isn't at all the topic. I'll, I'll just kind of lightly throw this out when people yeah. were saying. Uh, particularly to like, yeah, this game like it really hints hard at DLC, and like, yeah, there are things there that imply that it exists. But I was worried that the game would be like it would feel really incomplete yeah. if you were obviously missing something. But if it never had DLC, you'd just be like there are a lot of weird uh, threads that were never pulled at. But the game yeah. is internally yeah. consistent. The one thing, the one thing I would argue that really, really would be left hanging is you know the orb pokemon that they keep mentioning in the books and i i don't know if we've talked about this before but i just realized today as i was watching a video of someone playing through the end of the game well i think we've seen it yes absolutely yeah. like 
you're inside it at the end. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> so it's absolutely. like hmm, it's there technically. So yep. But like, it's not like this would be the first Pokemon game to have something weird implied in the backstory that's just never really addressed. True. That's a lot of Pokemon True. games. I really appreciate them being consistent, though. Yeah, and this one was a bit on the nose, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I'm glad that there's DLC coming, but I'm also glad that if someone just had it, they wouldn't be like, oh, I need to pay $20 to actually know what's happening? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Great. I'm looking at you, third version of, uh, what was that? The Bad Fire Emblem. Yeah, one. Fate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. So... That's going to be it for our new segment. We are going to kick it on over to Puckle's Pokey Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-host on their insane Pokemon knowledge. Oh, hi, and welcome to the Pokey Quiz. The part of the show where we quiz our co-hosts on their insane Pokemon knowledge. I'm Mark from the Dunsparce Gang, here to explain the rules. Our fabulous co-hosts will work as a team to answer five Pokemon-themed trivia questions that fans have submitted on the Discord server. Each question is worth one point, with Pokedex and multiple answer questions worth more, for a total of seven points. The host can use a free hint at any time. If they get all the answers correct and do not use the hint, they can cash it in for an eighth point. Welcome to Trivia. Thank you for that introduction. Without further ado, we're going to jump into this first question. I don't know if I asked some of these last week or not, but we will find out. No, we, I did not. That's right. I didn't uh, listen to the episode this last one, week, so we're good. This one <laughs> is going to be... So we're you, fine. Did you guys play Pokemon Conquest? Nope. Oh, no. I own it, uh, but I've never used it. Okay, other question then. My this is going to be from stolen the day that I got it. This is going to be from Stan. What three-stage evolutionary line has no hidden abilities, and each Pokemon in that line has a different ability? Hmm, nice. So three-stage like line, each of them have a different ability. And they have no hidden and, ability. So, uh, Trapinch line? No, because mm. um, Levitate is shared by Vibrava, and uh, is I think it's Cosmoem. Oh, because it goes unaware, I don't remember what cause Moem has, and then it goes uh, full metal body and uh, shadow shield. Hmm. So it really just, do you remember what cause Moem's ability is? Oh yeah, it is. It's telepathy. It's cause Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, and they don't have hidden abilities, right? So. Uh, yeah, they're, they're legends, so they typically don't. Okay. Uh, I'm go- I think I'm going to accept this as an answer. Um, that's not what was written down. Um, but, it, but that is correct. Cause like Cosmo only has unaware or Cosmo, Cosmog only has unaware. Cosmog has sturdy. And then Sogalea and Lunology do not have hidden abilities currently, uh, uh released. So, I mean, that's, so, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, the answer they gave me, uh, is actually, uh, let me pull it up again. The, the answer they actually gave me was Vika Volt, which is also true, but yeah. Cause, uh, oh yeah. Cause then you go from, Swar- uh, hypercutter to it, oh, it's swarm. swarm to battery to levitate. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, both these answers are correct, so I will accept that. Linian's answer uh, was like cooler. You got four Pokemon yeah. for the price of three. Yeah, so I'll <laughs> take it. All right. So our next question is going to come from P. McGee. Who is the oldest Pokemon with a unique type combination that is not shared by its evolutionary line? 
By oldest, you mean that it comes earlier in the national in book the national yes yes okay so can you repeat the question now because who is yeah. the oldest pokemon with a unique type combination that is not even shared by its evolutionary line okay uh, a unique type combination uh does the does the question imply that it has remained unique or that it was unique Back when the Pokemon I first think it's year. remained unique. It's remained unique. Okay. <sighs> well, um, Shedin. Is there another bug ghost other than Shedinja? No, I don't. Because that's think. that's relatively old. So let let's think back before Shedinja. Um, because uh, well, technically, is there a bug ground that isn't? Ninkada. Because um, Ninkada comes Rel- first. Relor, Relor was a missed Relor. opportunity. Relor. No. Okay. Relor was... No, Relor is pure ground. Um, no, it's pure bug. I, it's not pure ground. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Uh, but, but there is... I think there is another ground bug, isn't it? Um, I I can't think of one right now. Uh, but let's let's try to go back even further uh I, no i think i think you're actually onto something i think it is shedinja well no it would be ninkada if if there's no uh, other bug ground because ninkada no i i think there is another bug ground i think you're right because i can't think of another bug ghost well i can't think of another bug ground right now so i can specifically but i feel like it exists <laughs> um i don't know i'm gonna say shedinja Mm. Are you locking that in? I'm. I'm. I, I wish we could remember what this background guy is because um, I, I I really can you think of another bug ghost or a Gen two Pokemon with a unique type combination? So so the thing is, um, if there's no other bug ground, the answer has to be Ninkeda. And like if. Like, old is what's weird, because the answer to this would change extremely if it was like, hey, uh, Gen 7 introduced Alolan Raichu. I can't think of another electric psychic. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Um, I, I think I'm trying to think back on unique type combinations from Gen 2, I, but, I, but I can't. But I, I, I'm still not convinced that there is another bug ground type. And there's probably people screaming the name of the Pokemon at us well, right now. Well, if but... you if you're so if you, if you if, oh right no right yes 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 I remembered it. Mm-hmm. Wormadam. Wormadam, uh, Sandy Coat. That's right. Okay, so I was trying to yes. go over all the the like weird Pokemon. I was like, wait, that one has multiple forms. Okay, so you're right, and it should be Shedinja, unless we're forgetting something else that came even earlier. Unless we're forgetting something in Gen 2. But as Thatch can't really talk in this segment, I can say this. Gen 2's boring and most of the Pokemon designs are bland. All right. Okay. Uh, Shedinja is incorrect. Uh, because Gen 2 is cool and awesome, uh, the answer is Tyranitar. <laughs> we don't have another Rock Dark. There has never been another Rock Dark. It actually turns out that it is the only Pokemon from Gens 1 and 2 that were introduced in Gens 1 and 2 that has not had another Pokemon of its type combination. Hmm. See, uh, what trips no, me up No, because there. I can't think of another poison flying. Uh, poison... Oh, you know what? Well, that's true, actually. Uh, wait, I, didn't they add something? 
Nope, nothing in this gen. Mm, you're right, actually. Oh. I think you are correct. Well, this was the Poison fun fly. fact that I was given, and it's a lie, obviously. Um, wow, thanks Maybe for letting the, me the down, team. individual mon, like not a line, yeah. but... Well, I guess it shares it with its line, but yeah. See, see what, what trips me up is that I can never look at Midnight Lycanroc and think that's just a pure rock type. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're correct. You, you're not wrong, though. You're not wrong. All right. Well, you guys are one for two. Your next question is your Pokedex entry question, as always. And this one is going to come to you from the once and future gamer. Hmm. It's Pokemon Omega Ruby entry reads. If two or more of this Pokemon meet, they will turn competitive and try to outdo each other's endurance. However, they may try to see which one can endure the longest without food. Trainers need to be aware of this habit. Who's that Pokemon? What? What what uh, gem is this? This was Omega, Omega Ruby. Okay. Go along without food and endurance. So for some reason, this sounds like a fighting type to me. Um like, like it's gotta be competitive. Exactly. I just can't imagine two Pokemon that sit next to each other and then have a starve themselves off. I can. Something like the Medicham line. Okay. Uh, but other than that, <laughs> I, it's like they're well, not exactly uh, very enduring Pokemon because they're kind of frail, so I don't know. Yes, and Vicavolt can move at the speed of light, according to some Pokedex entries. Okay, That's and its tough. base speed is like 45, so yeah, I, 35 I get 35 even. Okay, I get, I get it. I, I have no other idea. So I, I would throw that out there. We're we're whiffing this one. I don't know it off the top of my head yeah. even a little bit. So let's uh let's just take the let's take the next uh question. Yeah, Medicham is incorrect. Uh, mm-hmm. this next entry is gonna be from Pokemon Silver, and it reads to keep its pitch black tail hidden, it lives quietly in the darkness. Oh. It is never the oh. first to attack. <laughs> okay, it's Wobbuffet. <laughs> It's Weeblo's Wobbuffet. Wobbuffet oh is correct. This makes the first entry absolutely hilarious. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, I just imagine them going, Wobbuffet, and just like yelling at each other for <laughs> like, hours. The trainers are like, they meet each other's eyes, and yes. they're like, ha, go Wobbuffet. And the other trainer's like, Oh, crud. Oh, no. <laughs> I also only have a Wob Buffet. We're going to be here Looks forever. Looks at Pokeball, dials home. Mom, I'm going to be a little late. <laughs> this reminds me, in in Gen 3, I was playing, and I was catching a bunch of Ditto in the Emerald Cave, where you could catch it in Emerald, um, mm-hmm. just to try to get all of the natures together. Mm-hmm. Um, that Like, way long ago. This is a while ago. And I ended up getting on the boat that takes you between uh, one location and another, accidentally and i ended up battling a trainer and all i had in my party was was ditto because i was checking their natures oh no and, like, and, I, and so i got into this battle against this uh against this pelipper no. that had no attacking moves no. it just had like and i was like no it was ours i swear <laughs> all right this this is your next question is your multiple answer question as always you can get up to three points here um, do you want the anime question or the not anime question? Well, uh, uh I haven't watched the anime in 20 years. So we're going to go with Lillian the not anime question. <laughs> sure. The, the not anime question it is. This is going to be from 2crow48. 
there are a one, two, three, four, five, six answers here. So for every two of them, you'll get a point that mm-hmm. you can answer. Um, in the main series, not including Legends Arceus, there are six explorable locations, which means it excludes routes, but you know, like the name comes up on the screen, uh, that have a Pokemon name in its title. What are they? Oh, I so love that. Well. Okay. You get to lock yes. these in, you get two strikes. Or three strikes. Uh, Slowpoke well lock in. That is correct. Slowpoke well is correct. Pikachu Valley lock in. That is also correct. That is two. That is one point. Okay. Um. You do have the hint as well. Don't forget. Bellsprout Tower lock in. Uh, that's incorrect because it's not called Bellsprout Tower. It's actually called Sprout Tower. Oh, it's just Sprout Tower. Uh, Yeah. Sorry. I shouldn't have locked in. Uh, okay. Let's take like twenty seconds. To think of to something else? To actually think, yeah. And then if we can't, we'll ask for the hint. Well, we still got the base stat, and that can be... You've got, uh, you've got Pikachu's Valley and Diglett's Cave this far. Or not Diglett, oops. Hi! Oops. Thank uh, you, that's Diglett's hey, Cave. Yeah, that is uh, that is another one. That is correct. Uh, that is, that's <laughs> from Gen 1. We did get the Slowpoke well, Thatch. You did get the Slowpoke well. That's three. Hey, I'm yeah. helping you guys accidentally. Um, continue. <laughs> Good luck. Hmm. Um. Oh, there's I, um, there's a thing in Kalos called Zubat's Roost or something like that. I don't. Yeah, it's that tiny cave that connects the flowery path with the mansion to the route um, beyond it. It's called like Zubat's uh, Roost or something like that. I think. I. Let's I since we only have another strike, let's um keep it in the on the back burner for now. Okay. Yeah. Um. Because I think that's called something else. And then, like, because Gen uh, 7 had all of those, like, subtitles for things. Mm-hmm. I think that's a subtitle. Um, uh, no, this, no, I'm, I'm, like, it's, like, three steps of a cave. Like, I no, understand. No, I know. I think it's but... called something else. Okay. Like, go this way, cave. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything in Galar? Galar didn't name anything. Uh, I, wait, would you no, count, like, Axis names of, of the wild area? Yeah, places? Gonna, yeah. 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 You would? Yeah. Axie's eye. Yeah. That is correct. That is four. Okay. You're missing two. Is there anything else in the... In the wild area? Um... I can't think of anything that was, like, specifically named that. So you have two yeah. more? Yeah. Yep. I, I still think one of them is the Zubatrus thing. So. If we get another miss, is that the end? No, you get one more. If you really want to go for it, I won't stop you. Okay, uh, Zubatrus? I'm going to accept it. It's not part of my list. Um, it is actually called Connecting Cave, but it is called Zubat's Roost with the subtitle, so I can understand the confusion and I will allow it. Okay. Um, so that's so that neither gives you five. a point that gives you nor five. a strike? Uh, oh, no, it's a point. Five? I'll give you five. I'll give you five. You need one more to get the to get the full points. Yes. Mm. Mm. Uh, Gen three. I, like you know, some the more of the, that I think about it, the more these, confusing it is that they doesn't happen more often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one because, of the, one of them I'm actually really surprised you haven't gotten because it would have been one of them that I would have thought of. But mm. uh, you don't spend a lot of time there, there in the game, but it, it does exist. Is there anything in it, it, it's I'm going to feel stupid. It's like in Kanto, and we're just not thinking of it. Hmm. Like Diglett's Cave, I'm not sure I would have gotten. Yeah, that's like such a classic that 
your mind just goes over it completely. Because I'm thinking of places where like there's heavily tied to specific Pokemon and it's like, yeah, but that's like the dream park or. Yeah. And it doesn't actually have the name of the Pokemon. Uh, is there, um, is there some spooky place that has the name of a ghost Pokemon? Uh, not that I can. I'm going to need Lola an answer here, really guys. doesn't have like anything. Well, um, wait, yes, it does. Diglett tunnel. Diglett's oh. tunnel is correct. That will give you six. <laughs> um, the the other one that is on my list is also from Gen Seven, and it's Executor Island. Oh right, yes, Executor that one. Mm, yes. So, uh, but you guys got all three points there. So I don't know how. What are you guys at? Like five, five? Sure. Yeah, I'll say five. Um, that that's that feels that, about that right. That's actually correct. Yes, I think. Uh, oh, <laughs> all right. So your next question is gonna be your base deck question, as always, and we're gonna grab it from. Let's say Zay Paladin. What not fully evolved dragon type Pokemon has the highest base defense? Well, uh, Shelgun immediately comes to mind, but we should take the hint what? on this one. Wait, wait, what? What not fully evolved dragon type Pokemon has the highest base defense? Ah, uh, yes. Hint, because we, we can get one of those. This is a pure dragon type. Still sounds like Shelgun to me, but, um, let's, let's. Okay, so. What other one could it be? I, I don't think it's anything else. <laughs> Unless uh, it turns out Frigibax has a really good... Frigibax isn't a pure dragon type. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's an ice type, too. Yeah, so... then, then we're... I think we're just good. Mm-mm, I'm Shogun? gonna take, like... I'm gonna take, like, f- ten seconds to see if I can think of anything else, but... Mm, yeah, I mean, uh, Zligu has better special defense... And defense, so I can't think of any other like pure dragon type that's a little tanky. So yeah, Shelgon's fine for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shelgon is correct with a base one hundred uh, in its defense. Next is Hakamoo with uh, ninety, and Hisuian Sligu with eighty three. Okay, uh, you guys did pretty well there. That gives you six points today. Yay! So. Uh, I've got to find the right sheet, or I closed it accidentally. Oops. Uh, so that uh, that does change up the standings, maybe? I don't know. There's a lot of people with a lot of points. Um, <laughs> so that does change up the standings, it looks like. Um, remember, this is a race to 40, mostly to give everybody a chance, uh, because it's still anybody's game. Because currently in first place, we've got Linian with 32. In second place, we've got Seth Vila with 31. In third place, we have Shark Finnegan with 24. In fourth, we've got Whimsicott with 23. In fifth, we've got Dr. Shamu with 21. In sixth, Sublime with 15. In seventh, Mark with 14. Tied for eight, we've got Claude and Basket with f- 11. T- in tenth, we've got S- Sigma and Jushiro tied with six. Everybody has a chance to catch up. So we'll see how it goes. Linian is technically in shooting distance, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but... um. We'll ask we'll we'll ask the Pokemon Conquest question when you get on next time. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna kick it on over now, guys, to the topic. We have another review this week from iTunes from Boy Jeff. Amazing five stars. I just started listening this year, but I've loved it ever since. Well, thank you for that. And if you would like to review us wherever you listen to the podcast, we would really appreciate it. It would help us out. On top of that, you might be able to be right on the show. Well, until then, we're going to kick it on over, guys, to the topic. 
Welcome to the topic. Our topic today is going to be about Ash Ketchum. We don't talk about the anime a lot anymore on the show, other than talking about it in the news, I guess. But with the big news that Ash Ketchum has 11 episodes left, technically 10, because I believe one of the episodes already aired in Japan. Mm. Well, if there's anything we know about Ash, 10 lasts a while. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm just, I was emotionally hit, like, when we had the final battle in Journeys, where he he did the battle, and he became, like, the champion of the world or whatever. Mm. One, that scene where Pikachu does the final hit, oh my gosh, it's not out in the US yet, but man, that is, that legitimately almost made me cry. Oh. I was like, oh my gosh, this is just like, this is everything. Maybe this is the end. And then they announced the end, and I was I was pretty bummed out about it. Hmm. Uh, I still kind of am to some extent, because, I don't know, it kind of feels like, I didn't realize how much hit, like, the show existing meant to me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not like actively watching Journeys that often or anything. Just the fact that the show exists there, it, it's kind of like a safety blanket. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. knowing that mm-hmm. there's some constant in the world. I, when they announced the end of the show, or the end, not the end of the Pokemon anime per se, but the end of Ash's run on the anime, I was like, wow, oh my God. It's like having a friend leave that you thought was going to be there forever, yeah. you know? I, I can understand that. Mm <laughs> hmm. I've never felt anything about a piece of media being canceled like this before or ending, so it's a little new to me. So, uh, to to put this into perspective, uh, I am not, like, young by any stretch. Like, I I have a full-time job, graduated college, all of that. Uh, The Japanese Pokemon anime is a couple months older than I am. Yep. I was born between it coming out in the United States, uh, before it came out in the United States, but after it had come out in Japan. So this... This is literally something I have never dealt with before. Yeah. <laughs> this has existed for longer than me. No, this yeah. is like huge for me. I, I'm sitting here like, oh, if I have a kid, I'm going to be able to go on adventures with the same kid I went on adventures with as a kid. You know, like we could watch the anime together. We Ash, would, Ash is somebody that I guess when I was a kid, I looked up to. I didn't realize it until now. Right. As somebody mm-hmm. who's like taking through this fantastical world. And it's just like, oh, this is somebody like I looked up to. And it's, it's kind of weird just being like, yeah, I guess he's gone now. I've definitely had that issue and I'm still resolving it. I don't feel as bad now, especially, especially knowing, like thinking about the 11 episodes and seeing some of the synopses and what they're planning to accomplish. Hmm. If you look at some of the promo material for the Scarlet and Violet anime, like maybe there's a chance that it's not like a hard cutoff for MASH, but rather here's the next generation, which I'm totally okay with and should exist, by the way. Mm-hmm. Where we get this new female protagonist. This is literally, I feel so bad because like I'm, we used to make fun of people speculating, like, on the show. Like, like if you go... This is probably, like, episode 38 of Puckle. Very mm-hmm. old. The cringe years. Yeah, the cringe years. Where we we just, like, ripped on people for trying to speculate that Heart Gold Soul Silver was coming out before it was called Heart Gold Soul Silver. Uh, because, like, the Pokeball in the center of the Pokemon yeah. Center and Diamond and Pearl is gold and silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that was weak evidence, but... But, well, I'm sitting here looking looking at the thing, and I go, the hair clip the girl has in the Scarlet and Violet uh, picture <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looks exactly like the L on Ash's hat. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, they're related. They have to be. <laughs> so uh, let me introduce you to something called uh, the goggles uh, from uh, every main Digimon character anime? of Digimon. Digimon. Uh, she's, just the, she's just the Chevron holder, you know? It doesn't mean anything. The goggles are the same goggles between season one and season two of Digimon, okay? The goggles are the exact same goggles. Taichi gives his goggles to Davis at the beginning of season two of Digimon. That is true. So, okay, I I, I could debunk it 
very easily do you want me to? Yes, please. You called it an L shape. I think it's just a symbol for the Kanto Pokemon League. Both of those are fine, though, to me, because it's the same exact thing, though. It would mean that she starts off from Pallet Town, maybe. I don't know. It does say, the promo material does say she's from Kanto. Okay, then maybe. I would lose it. And I don't know in what way, but I would lose it if it's like, very clearly her mom's Serena and her dad is never seen. Oh, no. <laughs> so I know we're, we're supposed to talk about Ash, but uh, I, before we go back to Ash, I want to bring up, I just want to know how this new anime brings back Pikachu. Because there's no way Pokemon doesn't have a Pikachu in this, right? Yeah, but like, they ha- how many Eevees have they had? Someone just catches a Pikachu. No, that's true. And if that's the case, I'm okay with that too. Like, I'm really okay. I'm going to throw this out there. She is not Ash's daughter, but she gets a Pikachu from his Pichu. A a Pichu from his Pikachu, you know? I would love that as well. The same way that, like, uh, Gold and and Yellow have, uh, you know, in the manga. I think I'm more okay, just in general, as long as it's it's in the same universe. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think as as soon as I get any kind of confirmation of that, I'll feel better. Yeah. See, th- I, I think this is where uh, I cut in with my perspective, which is pretty much the opposite of Linian's and yours. Because, um, so I, I mentioned I haven't watched the anime in 20 years, but I'm actually a Pokemon fan because of the anime. Because that's the, the first Pokemon thing that I was ever exposed to. Actually, it, it was my Pokemon anniversary like a few days ago. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So um, 23 years ago, I sat down with my little brother on the couch and the anime started airing in Italy. And I was like, oh, yeah, the the little animals are cute. This boy is uh, nice. So I appreciate it. And then, you know, Team Rocket showed up and that was it for me. Like, I was hooked. (laughs) I was hooked. (laughs) I was 17 years old. Yes, you guys can do the math. I told you I recently became very old. And they were it for me. They were so funny. And I loved them. I still love them, even though I don't watch the anime. And so when we found out that Ash was being retired, quote unquote, from the anime, someone online started saying, well, Team Rocket's whole shtick is to go after Ash's Pikachu. So they're going to retire Team Rocket as well. And that was what I had feelings about. I don't care about Ash, <laughs> even though he's iconic. I saw that tweet that you're referencing as well mm-hmm. about the Team Rocket thing. And so like, I had just like been okay with the Ash thing. And then I saw that and I'm like, oh no, don't hurt me again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't do it all over again. I was okay with the Ash thing from the start, but I was like, no, if this is true, even though I don't watch the anime, I'm going to be very upset. But now... Uh, some things have been brought to my attention that make me think that might not be the case. And, you know, the, the actual fil rouge between the earlier anime and the later anime might actually be Team Rocket, which would be pretty freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love for Team Rocket to be involved. I mean, they're trying to obviously get away from a lot of this stuff because mm-hmm. they've locked themselves into a lot of tropes. And so it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But I would love to see... I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of things I would like to see. And it looks like the these last 11 episodes are just pure fan service. Oh, yeah. I see. 
I just want on the very last episode, Thatch to not Thatch, <laughs> oh, Ash no. to just I'm look gone. at look at Two Strange and be like, "Hey, do you think those guys are Team Rocket?" <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> just like hmm, I get the weirdest feeling. Yes, I would love. I would love that. <laughs> just just to be like, I think I know them. <laughs> and then to be wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Team Rocket's a plant nearby. I would love for Team Rocket to come to some like villain or some arc at the end where they're just like, we don't want to be Team Rocket anymore. We're going to be friends. Hmm. No, I want them to continue hmm. to be terrible villains. Yeah. I, what I want is Giovanni to admit that he's like, yeah, I stopped thinking that they were going to uh, catch Pikachu years ago. It's so obvious, though. But every time I send them off on random adventures, they save the world multiple times. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like I I saw uh, a post online that made a really good point that the reason Jesse and James and Meowth haven't been fired yet is that they're actually secretly a project that Giovanni has because they keep accidentally saving the world, and if there is no world. There are no Pokemon to steal, and there is no business to be had. So all their expenses are actually justified by the fact that without them saving the world, Team Rocket would have no world to do crime in. <laughs> it's, I don't like that, but that's okay. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I like that as a joke. I just I don't want it canonized. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. But it's a good joke. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I mean... I'm very excited. I mean, I think we've got the titles for like the first five mm-hmm. so far, and they all look very interesting. I, I can't wait for this to be adapted to English so that we can watch it in not subs, but mm. I like, I mean, this la- the first episode aired and the beginning of it's like super cute. Uh, it like hits you in the feels knowing that it's like the beginning of the end mm. because like it just begins and it's like Ash and Pikachu running around and like they're just messing with each other. Oh. Like, at- <laughs> yeah, it's just them like hanging out. As they're walking somewhere, it's nuts. Oh, gosh. Also, apparently every episode, he's going to have a different team of Pokemon from his old Pokemon. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, they're going to bring back mm. all of his old Pokemon slowly, because I think he's got like 40 or something. And so every single one of his Pokemon like gets like a gets like a highlight before he leaves. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember Glalie? I remember Glalie. <laughs> uh, I think in the first episode, it was Sceptile, Donphan. Who else came? It was. I remember those two. Boisel shows up, and one other, I forget which one. He has, like, four random ones with him. And it's really cute. And then we saw screenshots for the next episode where he gets to hang out with Misty again. Mm. And and Totodile's there, and so is Levani. So he just, like, he's just bringing random Pokemon with him, and it's cute. It's like, um, what do you call it? Uh, the final... Yeah, this is a celebration. Yeah, exactly. No, that's what this is. It's a victory lap, and I'm very excited to see it. I uh, I mean I I want to see it in the U.S. and mm-hmm. watching it happen in real time is very cute. I I want to see if Ash goes around and sees his old Pokemon. We know that we he sees like at least the Butterfree from like the clips from the preview. Gosh! Um, so like he gets he goes back and gets Butterfree. Uh, hopefully wow. Pidgeot is in there because they did not forget Pidgeot. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Pidgeot was in the like and like uh in the final battle like Pidgeot's there in like Pikachu's visions. So mm. he remembers Pidgeot. Wow. Pikachu's tripping out and sees. Well, when he's almost knocked unconscious, yeah, that's what happens. Wow. See, I thought I thought maybe Team Rocket would come back because they're still after Ash's Pikachu, but now someone else has Ash's Pikachu. But that would be too mm. freaking sad. I mm-hmm. don't want them to be separated. So maybe, you know, the Pichu thing that I proposed earlier, 
where it's like an egg yeah. from Ashes Pikachu. So the Pikachu is strong. So maybe they're after that. I don't know. I would be okay as even if this girl is just like, I'm a fan of Ash Ketchum. That would be cool, actually. And that's why we're this hair clip, right? Because honestly, if anyone looks anything like Ash, it's the guy, not the girl. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm just amazed we've gone this far without the most common... Uh, I don't know if it's common in fan spaces, but it's common in fan spaces for literally everything else, which is you've got the two main characters. One is Ash's uh, descendant. The other one, like, secretly is, like, Jesse and James's kid, you know? The reason I know the dude looks like Ash is that, like, two minutes ago, I looked up a picture of them on my phone to make sure that neither of them looked like it could be Jesse and James's kid. <laughs> Hair dye's a thing, hair dye's a thing. No, but the, the faces are all different. Although it's true that Jesse and James are much older than the other characters, and these characters yes. are kids, so the face shape is different because of that. But So, you, so you're just like hardcore rocket shipping here and hoping we get to... No, I was, I was actually fact-checking. Whimsicott just said she, got, she was sold on the show the second that they all showed up and you're surprised. <laughs> so, first of all... I was 17. Of course I was shipping them. But also, I, I just told you, I fact-check to see that I wasn't being biased by what I felt like at the time. And so I did not come on this show and say, well, obviously one of these kids is Jesse and James's child. <laughs> I've grown. No, I'm very interested to see how it plays out because there's like there's a lot of ways this could go, right? At the end of the day, I'm I'm sad to see him go. But as long as they keep it all in the same universe, which I think they will at minimum, only because that hair clip exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, this is really loose evidence. But as long as I don't need her to be Ash's kid. But if Ash exists in this universe, I'm happy with it. Because that means we might get like, we might get at least some references to the old anime, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I sit down and watch it with my with with any future kid I might have, like you just go, oh, yeah, like I, I get that joke because it's from the old anime, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. Like, I'm okay with it. I, I guess it's this time. It, I find it really weird that Pokemon's choosing after 25 years that this is... They're like, yeah, I guess it's been long enough now. I wonder if they did some, like, focus study and then it just wasn't working. Maybe. Like, yeah, this needs to change. I don't even know if it's that or so much though. So there was a really good discussion online on Twitter where somebody brought up that Pokemon's really been changing, doing a lot of changes recently, which I don't disagree with, right? You had like Dexit and the shift to like the, mm-hmm. the idea of what it means to catch them all and stuff like that. You- you've definitely had a shift there. And if you actually think about it, the number of people now that especially that Jumishi Masuda no longer is like a director of the Pokemon games mm-hmm. and has moved on to the Pokemon company, like a lot of the people who are making the games are no longer the original people making Pokemon. Mm-hmm. It's all of the people who grew up making it, right? Or grew up with oh, it. Oh, I see. It. We're hitting the place where, because I don't know how many of like the Gen 9 designs were actually like made by the same people or even had like direct Sugimori involvement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is why, one, they feel a little bit different. It reminds me of uh, when a certain cartoon that I will not even mention was released <laughs> a few years ago. And the people making it were like, we're not trying to remake that old cartoon that, well, that old anime that we're remaking. We're trying to make something that feels like what we remember watching as kids. I think this might be a similar concept because like the people working on it now were probably mostly kids who grew up with Pokemon. So, Mm -hmm. so maybe, yeah, maybe it's like 
we cannot go any further with Ash without just turning him into a meme of himself. I don't I don't disagree with that. We we can like make some and you know what? I still think the anime is not going to be as iconic now that Ash is gone, but at the same time, oh, for sure. like if you look at it from the perspective of someone who actually wants to make an anime that is enjoyable for many people to watch and not just something that's like, oh yeah, I'm going to see the next uh, instance of X franchise because I'm going to know all the in-jokes and I'm going to laugh at everything, but then there's no content. They want to make something. You need onboarding. Yeah. You want to make something that feels like the old anime, but is fresh enough to catch up with the times, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think you could do it. I'm very, I don't know. I'm very optimistic. I think the new one will be fun. And, and we've been asking for years for like something that's like closer to the game story anyway. And and I think Scarlet and Violet's got some of the best story oh. that we've had in a while. Oh, man. Mm. Oh, man. And seeing that play out anime form sounds good, even with like an Ash Ketchum-esque character. If they actually put the plot of Paldea into the anime, I'm going to watch every single second of it. Right? I I would mm, I don't I don't know that that's going to be the case because, you know, the character designs are still like Ash, lighthearted and and breezy and fun and the the plot of Scarlet and Violet is not. Okay, okay, what if it's just like what if the plot of Scarlet and Violet happens in the background? I think that would be silly. That would be very silly because the good thing about the Scarlet and Violet plot is that it's not only a cool plot, but it has a lot of emotional resonance because of the character of Arvin. So if you disconnect from Arvin, who is the emotional core of the plot, I don't think it works as well. Well, we also don't know that they're not in it. That's also true. Exactly. Like, I'm just saying, if you want to put the story of Scarlet and Violet into the anime, the anime has to have a slightly different tone than what it has had so far. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, though. I would love that, but I don't know that that's what they're trying to do. I don't know what they're trying to do. It both scares and excites me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I would love to know what's going on in Scarlet and Violet. Or in the new anime. Like, I would love to know. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And I, I don't know. I, the One other thing that uh, you and I talked about, or we mentioned briefly in our DMs before we were doing this episode, uh, was uh, Team Rocket. Um, they keep doing these teasers at the end of the Japanese episodes mm-hmm. where Team Rocket, mm-hmm. like, bumps into a random Paldean Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that, like, they're not going to be in it. Well, I because, hope they're in it. Yeah. We need a, we need a Meowth with a Brooklyn accent. Gosh. Like, what's the anime without the talking Meowth? Yeah. You know, I was just thinking, it's got to be real weird for the voice actors. Like, you come in for, like, day 5,000 of this shoot. Right, You've been playing this character, and then you're, like, everyone's, like, really quiet as you walk in, and you're like, what? Why is everyone treating me, Victoria, uh, Veronica Taylor? Like, this is this is so strange. What what could possibly be going on? And then you walk into the sound booth, and they're like, have you heard? And they're like... Is Veronica Taylor still doing Ash? No. Not Veronica Taylor, but uh, you know what I mean. Sarah, oh my gosh, I forget her last I name. I do not know. Yeah, I th- Sarah I thought, something with an N. I thought she had changed at some point. She, yeah, the, the voice actor, actress did change. But like, can you imagine coming in? You're like, hmm, I won't have a job in a couple, in like eight months. 
This has been the most. I mean, you'll, you'll get paid forever. That'll get syndicated. But oh. the voice actress is actually really good about it. When they announced it, at least they, I don't know if they told mm-hmm. her beforehand, but or how early they told her beforehand. But like as soon as the announcement came up, like she made a statement about it, and she was she was cr- incredibly optimistic. I mean, to be fair, in like the voice recording in- industry, I I think it's like pretty rare to have like a seventeen year gig like she did. Yeah. So. I'm sure she's been grateful for the 17-year gig she's had, and I'm, well, I'm, I'm sure she's voiced something else. I mean, if you think about it from the Japanese side, those people have been at it for even longer. 25 years, yeah. Yeah. The seiyus for Jesse and James were already iconic when they started the role. So, mm-hmm. And I actually don't know about Ash's seiyu. I, I don't know. <laughs> them, but I, they're iconic now, for sure. You know, so I'm sure they won't have problem getting work. I'm gonna be honest. I, I think they've probably been doing about a billion other things that we don't even know about mm-hmm. while they were doing Pokemon. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Actually, looking at the vo- looking at the filmography of the voice actor for Ash Ketchum, they're actually oh they they were in Yu Gi Oh Arc Five. What? That's cool. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's all the same dubbing company. Yeah. I I imagine you're looking at it's not four kids, but it's four kids. <laughs> There aren't that many voice actors like that are doing well. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, not not in the U.S. I don't imagine. Yeah. Well, uh, that are keep that that keep going, maybe. Yes. But like, there are plenty of people that are uh, just making bank off their residuals. Uh, oh yeah. Just be like, yeah, we're good. Yeah. Hmm. Meanwhile, the, the seiyuu industry is like crazy. Like you you look at the oh. filmography for any one of them, and it's like. You have to scroll down so far, like your your hand will get tired before you reach the end. Mm. They work so much. It, it's very it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised if most of those voice actors though aren't on to the next project in some form. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in the next Pokemon anime. I mean, depending on how old they were when they started the role, they might be thinking of retiring. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long while. If you started that job when you were 25, you started dubbing a Pokemon anime. You are now like what, 51? Uh you could you would be, yeah. I don't think anybody, well, so one there was a huge shakeup with the cast 8 years in in the US that is. In the US, yeah. Yeah, but but more what I'm getting at is like a lot of these people that's like what are they doing now? Whatever they want, they're done. Mhm. <laughs> mhm. Uh turns out the current voice actress for for Ash actually picked it up at the age of 18. And so wow. she's 35 now. Okay. They were trying to future-proof that one. I think so, a little bit. They're like, ah, we need someone who can be here. I'm not exactly sure what the motivation was to change the voice. I know it changed hands to different companies, but I don't know why they changed voice actors exactly. Mm. It would be really cute if they got the original voice actors back for like the end for us too. I don't think that's going to happen. but mm. Because you think about the new voice actors, they've been doing it way longer than the original voice actors. Ever. Yeah. Uh, so like they're more... They're more I don't know. It, it's it's cool to hear Veronica Taylor do Ash, but I think new Ash and uh, Sarah Natocheni is that how you say her last name? Um, um, but I think hearing it in her voice is honestly at this point just as iconic. Though I do remember like once season nine hit and hearing the voice changes, I was like, oh no, I can't do this. Mm. Nowadays it's like, yeah, it's fine. This is Ash. They're both Ash. They're both Ash. But I don't know. Overall, I think this has just been like it's been bittersweet, but I'm very optimistic for the future. Mm-hmm. Just put Ash in my new universe. That's all. I want an anime universe of of Pokemon. <laughs> things are weird and they don't make sense, but it's still fun. Yeah, that's what I want. And then, yeah, new girl can be best friends with Arvin. 
There's no way they don't put Arvin in. They put like every character in the anime. Yeah, I hope so. Hmm. I really like Arvin. They put a lot of anime. Yeah, like you look at uh, Gen 7, it was like every single character that was big was in the anime. Mm-hmm. I guess Gen 8 is the only one where that's kind of not true. But even then, I think everybody still like was there. Like Leon was obviously a big one. Mm-hmm. Same with uh, who else? Like I think Professor Magnolia and Sonya make it in too. I just realized both of the characters from the new anime share a visual trait with all of the three rivals from Paldea. They all have two colors in their hair. I don't know. If that's just is that maybe that's a stylistic choice though. Maybe, uh, or, or maybe it's like meant to go thematically together. It's just the thing that the new hip kids do. Apparently, yeah. It's the thing the new hip kids do. Well, I I don't know that I have much else to go on. Are you guys excited slash not excited slash okay slash not okay? I'll I'll live. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I figured. (laughs) I am okay with Ash leaving. He has worked a lot. He deserves to go on vacation with Pikachu forever. And I would not be okay with Team Rocket leaving because knowing that they keep doing their shenanigans somewhere in the background of the world gives me happiness. And I will be excited if I do find out they are actually truly adapting the Paldea plot into the anime in a way that's interesting for me, because then I will watch it. I would be happy with like, if there was like a B plot for Team Rocket where they weren't directly interfering. Oh, that would be cool. I think that would be okay. And Linian, you're okay? <laughs> I I haven't watched it in a long time. I will be fine. It's weird that it's over, because it's been one of those things that you can always count on, like, I don't know, the sun rising. That's how I feel. Or the new Fantastic Four movie being bad. Like, there are just some (laughs) constants in the universe, and this is one fewer. That's how I feel. I just thought it was going to always be there. They could cancel after I die, you know? Yeah. And here's to the future. I kind of want to do one at the end of the anime run to see if it was, like, as, as... good of a closure as i hoped it would be (laughs) the shows are yours well i don't know we'll see i don't know one i have to remember that's a big thing (laughs) (laughs) well we'll see well i'm sure at least one person on the call has a decent wait (laughs) well maybe linian does maybe linian yeah but on that note guys we're gonna kick it on over to the pokemon of the episode we will catch you guys on the (laughs) flip-flop And welcome to our Pokemon of the episode. Our Pokemon of the episode this week is National X number 998, Baxcalibur, the Ice Dragon Pokemon. It's Pokemon Violet Pokedex entry states, it launches itself into battle by flipping upside down and spewing frigid air from its mouth. It finishes opponents off with its dorsal blade. That sounds terribly impractical, my friend. And hilarious. It is, but I, I actually like really, I really like Baxcalibur though. Baxcalibur is is the real Power Rangers Pokemon because it's an impractical Tokusatsu suit that is going a hundred percent in on the bad wire special <laughs> effects. Yes. yes, no, 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 one hundred percent. I I agree with this. I love it though so much. I thought it was going to be kind of cheesy because I'm like, oh man, Dragon Ice. Okay, they're, so they're just making like a Kirim again. But I, I actually went through the game with it, and I really liked it. Because it's got, it's got that thermal exchange ability, by the way, which I really, really love. Mm-hmm. Because if it gets hit by a fire-type move, it just gets an attack boost for funsies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can't be burned. 
And what are what are its stats? That's something we talk about in this segment. Uh, yes, that is true. Uh, its stats aren't terrible either. I mean, base attack one forty five. That's that's pretty good. That's the definition of not terrible, right there. That's that's pretty good. Uh, not gonna lie. Uh, ninety two defense with one fifteen HP. Like these are all very good things. Mm-mm. Um, and its base speed is eighty seven. So it's not like top tier speed, but it's not slow. Like it's faster mm-hmm. than the Glade, and. So I mean it's it's pretty exciting in those in in those terms. Um especially I mean we obviously have a VGC team for it today, but it's in terms of VGC like 87 is pretty decent. Like you you can get a lot done with an 87 speed in VGC. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Because everything's trying to tech so hard in terms of their spreads that you can you can start to outrun things. Um and it's I mean its move pool's not terrible. I mean you obviously get a lot of stab ice, you get a lot of stab dragon. But you also get a lot of things that pseudo legendaries typically get. You like you get, you know, electric moves, ground moves, uh random Zen headbutts. Mm-hmm. Mm. None of which the, the Baxcalibur on this team uses, but they're there. No. They're there. The Baxcalibur is there to do Baxcalibur things. It does have a uh a signature move, I believe, in Glaive Rush. Is that what it's mm-hmm. called? Uh yeah. yes. Uh Glaive Rush. And it's uh one hundred and twenty power. Uh, 100% accuracy, so that's pretty good, too. Um, mm-hmm. It inflicts damage. In the next turn, any attacks directed to the user deal double damage. That is the only downside, is that it can be hit hard, but you could just run redirection. Yep. Uh, the next turn, so who cares? Or protect, because it's VGC. You see, yeah, exactly. It is a silly Pokemon. Uh, I I like that the sword's stuck in its back. It's very yeah. fun. Uh, it, It's just cute. Also, the name just is, like, it's a really good name. And I really like the lore behind the move. It's oh, like, tell me. yeah, you, you. It's like you attack with the sword on your back, so your back is turned, so you're taking double damage because oh, you have yet to turn around. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're you're exposing your back, your flank, in order to do damage to the opponent, which just proves how bad of a strategy this is, Baxcalibur. Well, guess what? Baxcalibur won a regional and you didn't, so... <laughs> yep. <laughs> I had things to do, Baxcalibur. I had things to do. <laughs> Baxcalibur, um, the, uh, I do not want to mispronounce his name, but the winner of the uh, recent regionals used Baxcalibur to win uh, the San Diego regionals. Um, it's very exciting. He's got a fun team, too. This team is, like, not what you would have expected to have seen win mm-hmm. in... Uh, so I, I love that it's not a Dondozo team that won because not much of this team has actually set up to counter Dondozo with the exception of Miascarada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who does it admirably. Uh, it does it very well. It does it very well. But Bexcalibur is on this team and it is, it is a fun set because it is running loaded dice, mm-hmm. um, with its ability thermal exchange. So it's immune to a fire type. Well, not immune, but it takes damage from the fire type attacks. Um, it has the Terra type for, it has a water Terra type. I assume that's just to prevent it from being hit by, I guess, steel type attacks. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what we'll say. Uh, a, a lot of Terra types are just there because they can be, because you typically don't Terra everything on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got, uh, 252 HP because that massive base 115 HP stat is insane, actually. Um, 196 attack for that massive 145 attack stat, four defense, four special defense, and 52 speed. I assume that 52 speed is probably to help it outpace uninvested base 90s, mm-hmm. uh, or something close to that. 
Um, adamant nature, because you've gone hit hard with that glaive rush that's here. Icicle spear, which is what the loaded dice are for. I love that, by the way, because that makes icicle spear actually really good. Mm-mm. Um, ice shard for some priority and protect so that you can just protect after you glaive rush. So you <laughs> don't have to suffer the negative impact at all. Very cute. I think it does apply through the end of the turn as well, though. So just careful. Make sure you, you, uh, yes, that, that is true. I mean, he's kind of slow, so it probably yeah. works okay. I mean, the only thing that would be able to smack it for super effective damage that probably would be able to be slower than it is the Garganical or Garganical that is on this team, uh, the Minecraft Pokemon hold with holding leftovers, the ability purifying salt, Terratype poison. Uh, we sat down and thought about this to figure out what it, why it was poison. It's probably some weird mm-hmm. thing to try to resist fighting type moves, but also. Uh, resist and prevent gold being knocked out by Golden Go from a Shadow Ball or something like that. Yeah, it also probably um, deals a little better with the Sylveon. Uh, yes, that's true as well. Um, which which you made me think of because it is something that will underspeed Baxcalibur and hit it for super effective damage if it doesn't Terra. So. That, that is true, yes. Uh, it, it is definitely here to just like help prevent issues with Pokemon, specifically Golden Go, probably, based on the spread. Uh, 252 HP, 60 defense, 196 special defense. No attack investment or anything. Careful so you get more special defense, which is what you need when you're fighting at Golden Go. Uh, Salt Cure, which is a great move this generation, uh, mm-hmm. where you attack somebody and they get... Uh, what is it? I mean, they're Salt Cured. So uh, yeah. if they're Steel or Water type, they take extra damage in between turns compared to other types, which Golden Go is a Steel type. And it actually really likes to Terra type into Steel very yep. often um, to deal more damage. So this makes sense to, as a Garganical or Garganical to just Salt Cure a Golden Go and watch it slowly die in like a couple of turns. Mm-mm. To prevent yourself from dying, you run Recover. Wide Guard to prevent things like make it rain from Golden Go and also Protect. So you can protect yourself and get some more HP back while you're watching the Golden Go die. Uh, you can also protect your friend Buxcalibur from like rock slides and stuff like that. I, yeah, exactly. Uh, or make it rains. Uh, that is another yep, option. Again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything is about Goldengo. Yes. Hmm. Well, Golden Go may have only been like on 14 of the 16 top 16 teams. Uh, <laughs> mm. So uh, speaking speaking of Golden Go... Uh, Gold, Golden Go is a very good Pokemon, uh, and we have one. 164 HP, 4 defense, 20 special attack, 68 special offense, 252 speed. Those certainly do numbers. I don't know what they are, but they do do them. Uh, it's a timid nature, and it's got choice specs. It's got Make It Rain, a spread move, because of course it is. Uh, Shadow Ball, Power Gem, and Focus Blast. I love that we finally got a Pokemon to give Landorus a run for its money. And I love that it looks like it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, to be fair, as soon as Landorus comes back, Goldingo is going to have a problem with it. Yes, but I think there's a lot of ways to get around it. I'm going to be completely oh, yeah. honest. I don't think Landorus is going to be that good. To be fair, it wasn't that good last time either. But in Gen 8, in VGC, that is. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, tell us the next one. The next one we've got is Meowscarada with uh, the fantastic abilities of Overgrow. I like that better. Yeah, they didn't change it. Um, it's because it's uh, it has a Focus Sash with 4 HP, 252 attack, 252 speed. 
meaning that you can get knocked down into overgrow range pretty easily, and then one-shot Dondozo with an always critical flower trick bypassing those defense boosts with the overgrow boost. You also don't want to be Protan and have to use a Dark-type move and remain a Dark-type because you still want Stab on your flower trick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's running Knock Off, Sucker Punch, and Protect as its other moves. Also, you don't want to get stuck as a normal type because you need to turn with Nope. Protect. Nope. <laughs> yeah, nope. You definitely don't. Uh, flower Trick is a stupid move. I love it. I love it a lot. Yes. <laughs> it is. Turns out Wicked Blow is really good. And better Wicked Blow is even better. It's not exactly Wicked Blow, but I mean, it's like Frost Breath. It, it, is, it is five base power lower than, Rocky, than uh, Wicked Blow, and it can't miss. Perfect. Uh, it's got a... No, Wicked Blow is like base 85, wasn't it? Hmm? Wicked Blow is higher than, because it's only, Flower Blow, oh, it was 75, what? I thought it was 85, Wicked Blow. It was only 75, what happened? (laughs) What Uh, happened? It got nerfed this generation. Oh, that's what happened, okay, so it was 80. Mm. Okay, I was gonna say, I'm like, it definitely was higher than 75. I was getting gaslit by uh, history. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Once again, still not a flying type. Yeah, yes, uh. Uh, it definitely was, and you just weren't in that universe with me, and that's okay. Sure. <laughs> Ethan was with me. Ethan was there. Yep. yep. All right, but take us home on these last two. So the next Pokemon on the team is an old familiar face, question mark? It's a Mimikyu holding a life orb. The ability is obviously a disguise. It has Ghost as its stereotype, and it has a very plain EV spread, which I appreciate because I understand. 4 HP, max attack, max speed, with an animal nature, and the set is also very classic. Play rough, shadow claw, shadow sneak, and protect. It does not have sword sense, it does not set up, I don't think it needs to. Uh, it definitely doesn't need to. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the quirky, maybe, member of the team, it is uh, a Paldean Taurus, the aqua thingy. Uh, uh, aqua breed, yeah. Aqua breed, thank you. It's holding safety goggles, so it can't be spored. It doesn't take damage from uh, the, the elements. It does not get redirected by rage powder and stuff like that. It's very interesting. The ability is intimidate. It has uh, the following EVs: two hundred and forty-four HP, twenty-eight attack. 68 defense, 12 special defense, and 156 speed with an impish nature. And its moves are close combat, wave crash, aqua jet, and protect. Aqua jet is pretty big, though. So, yes. like any prior- any- honestly, this gen priority is really good. Uh, and this team has a lot of it. Yes, priority is very good. Uh, also, uh, in this game, we should probably note water wave crash is a new move. Mm-hmm. Or, well, it's newly changed from PLA. It's, yeah, it's from PLA, but it's literally just Flare Blitz by water type. Like, yeah. It can't burn, so... But we should yeah. just note that it... Hey, it exists. Yeah, it does it just, a thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good. I think I think people who follow VGC have had plenty of chances to see it from Palafin. Uh, Palafin mm-hmm. uses it a lot. Palafin is Gosh. one of my favorite Pokemon in this I game. I love it in, so much. <laughs> so it's pretty good. But this team, if you uh, are on Patreon, you will be able to claim it this week uh, in shiny form, except for the Golden Go. 
obviously, but uh, yeah, I'm very excited. This is a fun team. I'm going to actually play. I'm going to play with this on stream this week. It does look like fun. It does look like a lot of fun. I I tried playing. There was one with the Blaze Breed that got like sixth place. That was kind of cool. Mm. I was trying to make it work. I'm trying to figure out how it works, and I could not figure it out for the life of me. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try this one because Baxcalibur. <laughs> Baxcalibur's back. All right. Um, uh, all right. <laughs> We're going to move <laughs> on on that note to the mailbag. Let's kick it on over to that. Welcome to the mailbag. The mailbag is the part of the show where you can email us at pucklepodcast at gmail.com and we may read your email on the show. Last week we asked you about any regional experiences you might have had or any competitive Pokemon or TCG things that you might have had going on. Uh, and I'm very happy to read those. So without further ado, though, I do need to let you guys know that this segment is brought to you by the fictional energy drink, Green Tauros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. 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 And as always, we'll give out the Green Tauros badge to anybody we deem worthy uh, that honestly just writes a good email and is better than the rest, I guess. I don't know. Uh, our first email is going to be from Walren1106, or Ethan, as they're better <laughs> known as. What it do, Puckle Crew? Just a feels good email. Sorry for the book. I listened to episode five, 577, my first episode with my wife and I's two week old daughter in the picture. Smiley face. Well, congratulations. Yes. It is wild how things come full circle. My first episode of your show was right around the summer of 2016. I worked as a server that summer going into the second year of college and would always listen to Puckle at my 24-7 gym after closing up the bar. I think Jushiro was the first co-host that I listened to. I vaguely remember that talking about Guardians Rising. That's very possible. <laughs> In 2016, that was a set that was coming out. Where I'm going with this is that my wife and I met about two months after I found the show. She's never been big into Pokemon, but has warmed up a fair bit, a fair amount because of my influence and hyper nostalgic tendencies. But I buy a fair amount of shiny cardboard, so she's heard a thing or two about the TCG. With that said, Leafeon is her favorite, and I'm hopeful that they pull to pull that elusive VMAX alt art for her in Evolving Skies. Hmm. Anyways, six and a half years later, we here we are, married with our first kiddo, and we're about to upgrade our house come April. Besides those incredible pieces of life, this show has really been through it all with me. And if it were not for COVID, I was legitimately planning on making an appearance at uh, Nationals in the beautiful state of Ohio in 2020. It's unfortunate that I never got to put faces to the voices, but I appreciate Charlie so much. I don't plan on ever pushing the world of Pokemon on our kiddo, but I'll be darned if I don't try to get her college paid for by the TCG scholarship money. <laughs> That's the life. That's what you do. <laughs> Finally, the prompt. Crown Zenith and Sword and Shield 9 through 12 which would have been Brilliant Stars, Astral Radiance, Lost Origins, and Silver Tempest. Uh, remind me of the office quote, I wish there was a way you could know you were in the good old days before you actually left them. For me, it's all about the Galarian Gallery. These past few sets and their incredible artwork make it feel like the start of a Golden Age in Pokemon cards from a modern collector's perspective. Every card is like a mini painting, and many of them tell a story, or should I say Thatch's signature headcanon. Hmm. I'm excited for... I'm excited to collect Crown Zenith and will not be satisfied until I get a Snickers bar and that v VMAX Hisuian Zoroark alt art. Lastly, in some, way, in some way, the final set with the yellow borders will be a send-off that is probably needed, but I know a few years down the road that we'll look back on the yellow borders and the memories made with them. Thanks for all you do, Ethan. Oh, so the yellow borders are going the way of the ash. Yeah, I haven't told you this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, I didn't know. Yeah, if you don't follow the TCG, you don't know this. Yeah, with Scarlet and Violet, well, a couple things are happening with Scarlet and Violet. One, the sil- the yellow borders are gone. They're being replaced with silver, like they are in Japan. Mm-hmm. And they've been that they've been that way for a very long time in Japan, uh, which is kind of nice because most of the artwork is made with the silver borders in mind. <laughs> Sometimes you get the yellow borders, and it just makes the card look ugly. As a result, yeah, it's going to be kind of nice in that regards. Uh, the more exciting thing, in my opinion. Is they announced one that there's going to be like a price increase with the booster packs because inflation, yada, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But they said to make up for that, what they were going to do is essentially modernize TCG packs because a lot of TCGs do a better job in their like rare distribution mm-hmm. compared to Pokemon. And what they're going to do is they're going to be three slots for hollow cards in every booster pack instead of just the one for the reverse hollow. Oh. Which means that at least two of those are going to be rares in every pack. That's very nice, actually. Yeah, it's actually really nice. It's going to make opening packs of Scarlet and Violet much more fun. A lot more fun. And it like reduces the ridiculous amount of bulk going around in the world. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Uh, I'm very excited for it because it's going to make opening product actually fun again. Yeah. Because right now, now, like my wife really likes to open the Pokemon cards and uh, she'll be like, what do we need to buy? And I'm like, nothing. Uh, don't buy anything mm-hmm. because I don't need like Silver Tempest or anything. I have all the cards I need. And if mm-hmm. I'm missing something, the chance that you pull the one thing I need is so low, I might as well just go buy it for yeah. a Yeah. It feels bad. But I think it'll be more exciting to be like, oh, I got three hollows in this pack. That makes me feel great. Mm-hmm. And some of them are actually like playable. Yeah. And even like, I don't know, a, a kid... A kid getting a pack at some event or or yeah. something like that is gonna have like three cool cars to look at. Like that's exactly awesome too. Yeah, no, it's gonna be very exciting. There's some good changes coming to the TCG that I hope like kind of put it through a renaissance of sorts. Mm-hmm. I I will miss the yellow borders a little bit because like that's what we started with. But at the same time, I really want the art to not look like trash. Well, I never liked the yellow borders. So. <laughs> no, they always looked cartoon. Yeah, childish, not well. From a nostalgia perspective, it's like, oh, those are like what Pokemon cards look like. But now it's just like, no, give me good stuff. <laughs> Make mm-hmm. it look good. <laughs> ha- having started, having recently uh, started getting into something that uh, has a, a whole range of different borders and things, and everyone's like, oh, I'm so nostalgic, and I'm looking at all of the old like magic cards. But these are awful. <laughs> right? Why do people like these? <laughs> Right. No, I, I'm sure we're going to have the same feelings about Pokemon cards with the yellow borders in the not so distant future. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, Linian, we got another email from Lexecutor. We did. Ed, very thoughtful. Very thoughtful. Hello, Buckle Crew. I've been listening for years and I always enjoy your discussions. I'm a casual player in the video game aspect, but I will say that uh, with all the knowledge I gained from listening to you, especially in the Pokemon of the Week sec- segment, I was able to hold my own in a conversation with my friends about VGC. I was able to contribute, even if it was only at a basic level. And, you know, baby steps, we celebrate everything. That's exciting, actually. Mm-hmm. That's how you get good. I always think that segment is worthless, and uh, th- I have been proven wrong today. I- I'm serious. You-, you celebrate the beginnings, because when you start being okay at something is your first step to being great at something, you know? That's you true. That's true. Feel good that you're you're moving on. So, uh while I'm a casual player on the VGC side, I'm trying to get more competitive on the TCG side. I attended my first regional last month in Toronto. It was one of the best experiences of my life. The ability to connect with random people, even in the midst of competitive play, was such an amazing feeling. I was able to travel with two of my friends from my local league, and we had a blast. For context, we're from the sunny state of Florida. Oh Toronto my God. was a big weather shock to us. Oh, oh God. Yeah, jeez. 
Uh, since the Toronto trip, I pasted on my experience with the local league, and everyone is excited to... Oh, I posted on my experience to my local league, and everyone's excited to attend their first regional. Uh, probably the one in Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. Uh, it's not next week. It's not this week. It's uh, the first week of February. It's two weeks after this Friday. Gotcha. Because that's, it's the first tournament with Crown Zenith legal, which makes like some minor changes to some decks, but potentially making Lost Box like pretty decent, like pretty mm. good. Since the Toronto trip, uh, blah, 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 I just want to brag on my local league real quick. Everyone has stepped up and has really gotten it, gotten better in their playing. We even held a practice tournament where we played five rounds, best of three, with active judging to help prepare everyone for the tournament. As a result of everything, we have about 20 people from my shop registered for the Orlando Regional. That's oh. the most we've ever had. That's a lot. Yeah. 20 people is more than show up to my league. <laughs> I went on Monday and there were eight of us. So, uh, since moving to a major city uh, that is heavily connected to card games in general, uh, my idea of a large game store has been expanded. Because when I was a guest, <laughs> there were six people playing cards. Wow. And as an adult, like, I'm going to go to a, a shop later today and uh, play some Commander, and there are probably going to be about 80 or 90 people there. That checks out. That checks out. Seattle is a weird place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, I that that's a lot. That would be a lot for us to have going there. So nice. Mm -hmm. As a result, we've all started testing new decks, which includes the upcoming Crown Zenith. Well, this is a mini set with mostly reprints. There are a few new cards I think will make an impact. Um, I'm a big fan of the Radiant Eternatus. I love how it cheats evolution. You can put two VMAX on your board in your first turn. My friend started testing the new Zamazenta in his Lost Zone, Lost Zone box, and he is loving the addition. From writing this email, it's only three more weeks till Orlando, so we all have a bunch of testing left to do. I am enjoying seeing my friend excited to improve their trainer skills as they prepare for the region. Well, I hope I didn't ramble on too much, but I'm so proud of the people at my local shop. I can't wait to see everyone in Orlando and to make new friends. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to join the community. Talk to you later, Legzecutor. Nice. Everyone can join the community. Uh, you're more than welcome. All right. Well, we got one last email this week. Mm -hmm. It is going to be from Trev. Trev says, hey, everyone. I just had a fantastic weekend going to my first regional in San Diego. It was only a three-hour drive from where I live. American distances. So I finally <laughs> pulled the trigger on registering and booked a hotel for my wife and I. I initially intended to play a Regilaki Vicavolt deck, but a few days before I was playing the deck on TCG Live and kept starting with horrible opening hands. So I decided to play something I'm very familiar and comfortable with, Solrock Lunaton. For nine rounds of best of three, meaning I'd be expected to play 27 games in a single game, and Lunaton was simple enough for a first-timer to handle that. That's a really good way to put it, actually. Like, yeah. put into perspective, like, okay, you have to take into account that your brain might get a little fried halfway through the day. Mine totally did. It happens. So this is a really smart way to look at it. Like, you want to go for consistency. I didn't expect to do very well. I thought I'd lose a few games early on and drop into the jank tank, as Shamu put it, and play against <laughs> all the other people bringing off meta decks. And it turns out the opposite happened. I won my first three rounds, and I fought all the popular decks dodging Lost Box decks, thankfully. I went 5-3 with one tie, and I fought 5 Lugia, <laughs> a, a Mew VMAX, Arceus Flying Pika, Blissey Mill Tank, and a Palkia Intellion. And, well, I already put That's a intense. Huge, That's intense. Yeah. Yeah. I already put a huge wall of text in the TCG Discord channel about how each of those matchups went, so... You guys can go check it out if you want the details. I should play that. I should play Solrock Lunatone. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun. 
Um, my wife and I had a great time. She loved doing the Pokemon Go side event bingo card and bought tons of souvenirs. That does sound like a ton of fun. The second day, I did both a TCG and a VGC side event. I totally forgot that this was going to be the first official VGC event of the year. And overall, this has got me really excited to play more TCG and VGC as well. I might even do some traveling this year to go to another event. This three hours doesn't count as traveling. You guys are all nuts. Uh, it was such an exciting weekend, and I'm thankful Paco has motivated me to give it a try. So thank you all. Oh, thank you, Trev. Thanks, Trev. Late night legend. Oh, That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh, so who do we give the Green Taurus badge to? These were all really good today. They were all really, 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 really good. Yes, but only Legzecutor decided to, uh, to, to be make kind. sure that the formatting that we can read was it. so kind. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Legzecutor? You got it. Uh, on the Discord, let us know, and we will make sure that you get the uh, Green Taurus badge. But if you want to email us next week, I want to know how much you feel about Ash leaving the anime or the, for Ash retiring. Please send that in to pucklepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but though, but if you want to keep up with us throughout the week, best way to do so is come to our Discord at pucklediscord.com, where we talk everything Pokemon from the trading card game to the video game over there. Uh, you can, of course, also check out our uh, check out our social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can go over and uh, follow us on, uh, I guess right now I'm only streaming on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash pucklepodcast, where you can catch the streams right now. Uh, we may go back to Twitch. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> Just because YouTube's so much cleaner and easier to use, <laughs> I I just like it. And then, of course, we'll go ahead and watch, uh, or you can go ahead and uh, catch us on uh, Patreon if you want to support the show over at patreon.com slash pucklepodcast, uh, where you can get a host of rewards depending on where you are. But until then, though, guys, um, I really appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you for doing that this week. I have been Trainer Thatch. I have been the Flocky Swim Secret. And I have been Lillian. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower... It's closing time. It's closing time in Lavender Town. Time to say our goodbye.